All right, let's do this one last time. My name is Drew Dodger, and for the last couple months, I've been doing a podcast with my good buddy, Jacob Heron. While we love film in general, with us being artists and all, we have a fascination with animation, and we decided to start an audio podcast after we both geeked out over the animated Transformers movie. We're not perfect, we've gotten names wrong, and we don't always agree on movies. But at the end of the day, we try to bring an informative and entertaining show to you all. And we'd like to welcome you to The Cellcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of The Cellcast. Joining me this morning is a man who just got back from seeing the Great Owl, Jacob. Why, thank you, and I'd like to introduce our co-host, a man very similar to Miss Beesby, kind of went Super Saiyan on us a little bit. Welcome, Drew. I have never gotten blonde. <laughs> anyway, how are you doing, Jacob? Man, I'm doing actually pretty well. Pretty well. It's been a good week, actually. I mm-hmm. started back uh, running, jogging, and some people were like, wait, you run for fun? It's like, yes. Well, there are weirdos in every group. Yeah, that's true. Um, Says the guy who, when he goes walking, walks for five miles. Yeah, those are always fun walks. Yeah. But uh, went to the park. I do that more often. Yeah. I went to the park. I haven't been running since probably September. Mm-hmm. And so I go out there, and uh, the park is right next to our apartments. And so I go out there, and there's this young Hispanic girl. She's probably like mid Teens, yeah. whatever. I never get. I don't get a chance to talk to her because she's blowing past me like every other corner. I'm like, I'm slightly jealous, but at the same time, be like, I, I want to go like old, like old school. Be like, oh, you whippersnapper, you, you better slow down. <laughs> and it's like, no, let's not do that because I'm not that old. <laughs> but uh, it, yeah, it, people it, in glass houses shouldn't throw stones. Exactly. <laughs> And plus, I'm still, you know, getting back in the groove. And I, I was really proud of myself. I got nearly got three miles. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, did a little workout this morning and missed Bible study because it was 5.30 in the morning. Everything's frozen over. I was like, ah, I think I'll skip today. <laughs> I'm terrible about that. You but. decided not to make it into the unknown? Yes. <laughs> Literally. Uh, so, yeah, that's been that's been my week so far. How's yours? Oh, my week has been busy. Uh, I had to work. Went in and worked some overtime Saturday. For oh yeah, hours. Yeah, that was kind of odd because you yeah, normally don't. I am normally off every Saturday. Yeah, and you work. Yeah. However, the Saturday you take you have off. Yes, I worked. Yeah, which was so odd. It was weird. <laughs> it was. But uh, yeah, I got in eight hours of overtime, uh, so that was good. Uh, so I am tired. Um. The only thing of interest is I picked up a new video game uh-huh. the other day without realizing timetables, which I'll get into in a minute. Right. But uh, I am a fan of the Persona series of games. Right. And uh, while this is not a Persona game, this was a crossover between Persona's parent series and Fire Emblem. Okay. Interesting. It takes place in Tokyo. Like you do. Because there's so much fantasy involved in Tokyo. Oh, yeah. 
And I don't, and I mean high fantasy. I mean, you've seen stuff from Fire Emblem. It's yeah. like horses and Pegasus and. In the middle of Tokyo? In the middle. Well, I'm getting to that. Oh, okay. It's even weirder than huh. you think. Okay. This is a story about pop idols. Oh, I heard about this turn game. Into, when they go into these uh, idolospheres. That's what they're called. Idolospheres. Okay. They that's get a- the ability to kind of morph into this form that's kind of a mixture between Magical Girl and Sentai. Uh, it's <laughs> Power pop- Rangers. Yeah. It's morphin time? Kind of. <laughs> and don't get me wrong. It's a fun game. It's a little easy. Right. Okay. <laughs> because it is designed. Well, they had to make the game a little bit easy because they mix a lot of the strategies that you do in Fire Emblem, which is a uh, take your turn strategy RPG. Okay. You know, where you move your character so many places and then attack. Yeah. Kind of like chess. Mixing that with a, also a take by turn, uh, you know, Pokemon style RPG. Yeah. You know, that type of battle system. But your mix is like, you have to keep in mind, okay, like, for instance, in Persona, generally you have one attack. Okay. What, uh, thing to keep in tra- keep track of, whether it's strengths and weaknesses. Right. Here you've got three. You've got to think, okay, I've this is a sword character. This is a lance character. This is an axe character. Okay. And no, the axes are not good. I find that horrible. But I guess that's something that never got to Japan. I don't know. I guess. Anyway. Guitar Hero. Honestly, I'm surprised that that. Okay, also, I'll admit, I haven't run into the axe player yet. Okay. <laughs> so he might be a guitarist. Who I don't knows? know. He better be because that's too <laughs> much to miss. Right. But uh, it's a it's kind of stupid. Yeah. <laughs> but it's also so much. It's also a lot of fun. Yeah. It's a very simple. It's a simple game. It's very easy to get into. It's. For one of these kind of games, it's kind of short because there's yeah. only six chapters plus a prologue. And when I did my initial look at how long the game would take to beat, it's only 30 hours long. Yeah. And I know to some people, it's like, oh, that's a long game. No, that's not long. That's <laughs> really, it's this short. Yeah. You could have put a little more into it because I'm used to 50, 60, 80. 100 hour games. Yeah. I, I think the longest game right now, I believe, is like 150 something hours, 54, 55 hours. You're assuming it's a game that has an endpoint. Yeah. Yeah. I think these Minecraft do have. Minecraft has no endpoint. No, no, no. no that, that's just. then there's Fortnite. Open. Yeah. That's just. I hate. Yeah. I hope I didn't just lose a bunch of listeners because I said I hate Fortnite. I hate Fortnite. <laughs> I'm just going to push that right in there. Anyway, uh, what have you been watching? What have I been watching? Okay. So, as I scroll to what I've been watching. Mm-hmm. All right. So, as most of us know, we we did a uh, reactionary video to Weathering With You, which yes. me and Drew went and watched in... Released that reaction episode Friday. Yes. And, dang, that was an incredible yes. film. Amazing Incredible. Movie. And uh, Such a shame it's not up for an Academy Award. Agreed. It needs to be. I agree. I agree. And just, I'll, I'll get into news more about you know weathering with you and its yeah. its release, but man, just the the director whose name escapes me for a second, Makoto Shinkai, yes, uh, blew this one out of the park because I've I've you know read reviews and seen mm-hmm. reviews of uh, be like, well, it wasn't um, 
you know, the the fo- the follow up. The not the follow up, but uh they're not ever really supposed he doesn't really make sequels. No, no, no. no. Most anime movie directors don't make sequels. The point of the movie was not to be a sequel. Yeah, they 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 were really heavily going with well, well it's it's not your name. And no, it's entirely different story. Yeah, how movies work. Exactly. It just, we were lucky that they even referenced those characters. Yes. Oh, I, I agree with you. I agree with you on that. Uh, so yeah, that was one of the watched, and then uh, I think it was like late last week, Cartoon Network dropped a TV show out of nowhere. <laughs> Thundercats Roar. Okay, you got two minutes. Okay, <laughs> okay, I got two minutes. After two uh, minutes, I'm gonna start uh, telling you. Hurry up! Hurry up! Okay, hurry up! <laughs> All right, I'm. You know, you don't need another Batwoman situation. Okay, you went on for twenty minutes. <laughs> All right, so for for audience bill, I'm not going to slam this. This show has been slammed hard enough. Uh, so I got the chance to watch like the first one and a half episodes because mm-hmm. for some reason the app was not working. There's so, a surprise. Yeah, so they're like 11 minutes. They're 11 minute episodes, and be like, there again, this is not for me. This is not mm-hmm. for me at all. Uh, obviously this is for the very, the new, the newest generation, like two, you know, three, four, five, six, six year old little kids. Yeah. You know, it's in that same vein of Steven universe and, uh, teen Titans go and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, uh, you know, me being an OG Thundercats fan of 1980, 1985, 86, right. uh, there was, there was a part of me that I wanted to get frustrated. I wanted to rage out. But I was like, no, it's it's really stupid to actually get you know start raging about a film that or a show that be like it's not for your demographic, and two be like, it's only one episode, it's only one episode. Be like, yeah, it's stupid and frustrating at times, but it's only one episode, and so and people have made sweeping judgments on a lot less. Oh yeah, I, I agree, I agree. Definitely, when it came out, uh, the the preview came out and. 2018 mm-hmm. and it got bashed and so i finally got to watch it and i loved the that they did a callback to the original music for the original episode original series mm-hmm. and uh it's like i really don't know i'm not gonna go in and slam it for its first episode and i hope i hope they bring out more of them and uh before we can get like a full taste of what these you know creators of done with this series so yeah i'm not gonna bash the film well it's important to remember with cartoon network series yes and this is not just cartoon network but a lot of western animation stuff that is primarily aimed at kids yes their first 10 10 episodes or so are just let's see how many they're those are the episodes they are they use to sell to the network. Oh yeah. So they are like, how many jokes can we throw in here? Oh yeah. What is predominantly so a comedy series? Oh yeah. So many. Bad if there jokes. happens to be continuity later on, which yeah. with a show like Thundercats, I assume eventually there will be a story of some sort, even yeah. if it's shallow and surface level and all that. Yeah. There's still going to be some connective tissue. Uh, that may not come until you know after. It's made its foothold and got started grabbing an audience. Yeah, it may, will probably. I assume I, I say about ten episodes because uh, that's about how long it took for me to, for Phineas and Ferb to really start getting good. Yeah, and don't get me wrong, Phineas and Ferb is excellent from its starts, but what 
makes that show amazing does not hit you until about episode 10. Right. But you've got to be you got to be that patient with a show like this. Okay. So just just to uh in that with uh if you are a OG ThunderCats fan or you're a fan of the 2011 reboot uh there again the show is not for you. And uh yeah, just give it a chance. Give it a chance. Uh don't don't listen to the haters because there's a lot of haters on here on the on well, YouTube. It's the internet. Yeah, of course. And uh just you know, judge it for yourself and uh you know be like, hey, be like you may wind up liking it. Or you may ain't, not. Ain't that a scary thought? Yeah, be like, yeah, I might be might enjoy something I detested, you know, two years ago. But hey, you never know. So just, you know, there give are, it a shot. There are stranger stories out there. Oh yeah. Keep in mind, an entire group of people started watching My Little Pony Friendship is Magic thinking they were going to hate it. Oh, yeah. And fell in love with it. Oh, yeah. Because so, I mean, th- things can change. Oh, yeah. Give us give a show a chance if you're if you have any interest in seeing. I don't know if it, if you think it might be good, if you think it might be horrible, give it a shot. Yeah. And yeah. if you don't like it, that's fine. You are allowed to not like something. Oh yeah. And there's the uh there's but the I, and this is something I think we all need to remember when yeah. it comes to fandoms. Mm-hmm. And I'm more talking to myself with dealing with sports right now. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then this, it let people have their fun because if you let them have their fun, you'll get to have your fun later. Oh yeah. And plus, we we all have those shows that we absolutely love, mm-hmm. and other people hate. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, if some kid loves Thundercats Roar, they think it's the funniest thing ever, and uh, you're that old, you're the the older generation that's like, well, you don't know what good shows are. And it's like, well, that's their generation. Be like, yeah, if you're their parent, be like, teach them about other yeah cartoons or the cartoons you watch. We have Disney Plus now. Yes. Show them that. <laughs> Well, except Thundercats isn't on Disney. Plus. No, 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 no. I understand what you're saying. Yes. Uh, just, just keep telling. If if you've ever seen Mystery Science Theater 3000, mm. you know in the last couple lines of their theme song state, and this is tr- a true thing we all should remember. Yes. Repeat to yourself: It's just a show. Exactly. I should really just relax. Yes, I completely agree with. And I think that's a lot of like OG fans should just take a chill pill and relax <laughs> a little bit. I'm saying that knowing that with Picard coming out Thursday. Oh yes. I am going to be deep in the throes of the Trek fandom and I may have opinions and there's always that chance. I won't like it. Not that I can imagine why. Yeah. But once again, it's just a show. Exactly. I should really just relax. Yeah, exactly. Anyway. And yeah. So, Kind of using that same methodology that most anime fans do. Be like, like the first three episodes, at least give it a shot. If you don't like it after that, go ahead. <laughs> Be like, yeah. don't like it, like it, whatever. Anyway. It's just a show, people. Anyway. Anyways, what have you been watching? That's a very good question. Not much. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, honestly, the only thing I really got into was watching... Uh, this movie that we're recording, uh, we're reviewing today. Yeah. But um, I've mostly just been watching a bunch of stuff on YouTube, trying to relax myself. Mm-hmm. Nothing of importance. 
Yeah. And nothing I really want to shout out. I got nothing you. Nothing was like, you know, amazing. No, nothing that kind of just, you know, grabbed a hold of you. I mean, I'm still watching Phineas and Ferb on, oh, yeah. on break, and there's been a lot of great episodes there. Don't get me wrong. Right. Uh, I especially liked, uh, I just recently watched uh, Phineas and Ferb's Quantum Boogaloo. Okay. That was a fun episode. Okay. So, uh, and very wibbly wobbly timey wimey, <laughs> which I appreciate. But that's kind of the it, to be honest. Okay. I really have not had a chance to just, you know, veg out and watch something stupid because, you know, like you, Thursday, I went to watch Weathering with you. Yeah. I don't remember what I did Friday, which is scary. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. But Fri- then Saturday and Sunday, I was busy. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, by the way, uh, for those that be like, if you want to get a really fun game that's going to make everybody laugh, oh, bird. pick up Uno Dare. Be like, it's a really, it's, it's a relatively cheap game. It's Uno, but with Dare mechanics yeah. thrown into it, it is hilarious. If you get it's a bunch of friends together, not it's just for everybody. No, it's not. So if you don't take it as a personal, um, what's what I'm looking for? Some people are just not going to want to do that stuff. Oh yeah, obviously. It's still a fun game in the right atmosphere. Yes. Oh, I agree. So. So yeah, just just uh, be like if you're looking for a very fun game, Uno Dare. So mm-hmm. yeah. Show. Yeah. Uh, so what's in the news? All right. So what's the news? I've got two things on the news today. Okay. All right. So as most of you know, I get my information, my news or information from animationmagazine.com. Mm-hmm. So if you want to back check and just go to that site and get caught up to date on the uh, the world of animation, and that's either theatrical or TV, it's yeah. on there. All righty. And so... My first piece of news is speaking of the movie we watched last week, which was Weathering with You. And Weathering with You, be like, obviously, it has it's a limited release in the U.S. It was in 466 theaters, and uh, over the four four days it was in theaters. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was it placed 14th and most popular in the the, the uh, box office nice. for, that, for that weekend. Uh, it grossed. It's pretty good for only four days. Yeah, and in that four days, it grossed over five million dollars, which shows they should have put it in more theaters. Oh, agreed. And a wider release. Yeah. But anyway. Yeah, it was. Yeah, stinking fantastic movie again. Be like, go, you know, listen to our reaction, and whenever it comes out on Blu-ray, DVD, digital, whatever. Yeah. You know, give it a give it a check. It's a great film. I agreed. Uh, and so our second bit of news is the following. Get ready for more frozen craziness on the most romantic day of the year. Uh, may the fourth be with you? No. Uh, International Talk Like a Pirate Day? Or no. Uh, April the 5th, uh, First Contact Day? Uh, no. You don't know your Star Trek. No, I don't. Uh, <laughs> uh, could it be Towel Day? No. Well, you don't know where your towel is. Yeah, I do, but that's not the point. <laughs> okay. Uh, could it be, I don't know, Singles Awareness Day? Close. It's actually the day, day, the day before Valentine's Day. Well, that doesn't affect me anyway. Yeah, exactly. 
Yeah, I think we'll be going to watch a movie, oddly enough, on that same day. <laughs> With a blue hedgehog. With <laughs> a blue hedgehog. <laughs> anyway, Ironically, he is also cool as ice. Yeah, that is true. <laughs> the cold don't bother him anyway. At least in the 90s, he was cool as ice. <laughs> Nowadays, it's like, oh, yes, we liked that. Yes. <laughs> so, as you probably are getting the puns, be like, Frozen 2 will be releasing... Digital 4K Ultra HD and HD and on Movies Anywhere on February 11th. Cool. Yeah, that's a lot of H's and K's. And uh, and so parents, be prepared for the, to uh, have the Frozen Madness continue on February 15th. That's when it's rele- is physical release of 4K Ultra HD, Blu-ray, and DVD releases on February 25th. Okay. So, yeah, that's all I've got in the news. Well, you did forget one thing. What did I forget? Well, it was just announced uh, earlier this week that the Studio Ghibli collection... Oh, yes! But what every single, including Netflix's own site, fails to tell you... including me. (laughs) ...until you read the fine print is that's... Outside of North America, yes. So for our just, four, oh. for our four listeners who are outside <laughs> the United States, keep an eye out on Netflix on the beginning in uh, February, and because uh, they're releasing them in stages. Yeah, a bunch are coming out the first week of February, a bunch are coming out the first week of March. Yeah, and a bunch are coming out the first week of April. Uh, so, so you can go ahead and stream those, and or uh, if you got VPNs, you didn't hear this from me. But if you do live in North America and don't have a VPN, <laughs> uh, you'll be able to stream all of the same Studio Ghibli collection on uh, HBO Max when it launches later this year. Yeah. They got the North American rights. Yeah. So it's 15 bucks. Yeah. But so, it's that's full of a lot of brand new content, just like Disney Plus. Well, keep in mind, you along with your Studio Ghibli, mm-hmm. your HBO garbage. I have opinions. <laughs> Don't we all? Yeah. Uh, you'll also get pretty much the Warner Brothers library, which yeah. will include some DC stuff, in my understanding, plus every single Bugs Bunny and Looney Tunes cartoon, plus a lot of Hanna-Barbera stuff, such as Tom and Jerry. Ah, uh, nice. Scooby-Doo. Scooby-Doo. And... Top Cat, if anyone remembers that show. Oh, Top Cat. Jabberjaw. <laughs> yeah. Nyah, nyah, nyah. Anyway. Press, 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 press. <laughs> Ooh, wise guy. No, I'm not talking about the Three Stooges. <laughs> Anyways. So, let's get into our spoiler-free review of The Secret of Nim. What are your I've, thoughts? I've got three words. Well, technically two, actually. Nightmare fuel. <laughs> This show is so incredibly dark. It's so it's it's uh, beautifully it's, animated. What's so sad is I disagree. <laughs> or at least it was not as dark as I was led to believe. Yeah, I mean like uh I well, was expecting murder, death, pain, sorrow. And while we did get murder, yeah. We didn't get much pain. And not much sorrow. I mean, the guy died. Do we get two on uh, on screen deaths? Yeah, two on screen deaths. And yeah, the one guy was. I don't want to spoil too much, but there is crying, and it nearly leads to 
you know, nothing, he doesn't, not coming out right, but at the same time, I was expecting a lot worse. Oh, okay. I was expecting Pink Elephants on Parade distilled into a two hour movie. <laughs> and that's not what I got. I got okay. something that was just a little bit darker than an American tale. Oh, okay. I gotcha. Ironically, also having mice as the main characters. Yes. Uh, well, oddly enough, this movie, you know, be like four. Anyway, cut that. That was just, um, I, I couldn't figure out where I was going after that rant. Sorry. <laughs> no, you're good. Uh, um, I did break into your train of thought. No, it's all good. My train of thought goes where? Give it a couple minutes. It might pass by. <laughs> yeah. It, it might came back, come back on the track. Ooh, that's a bad train whistle. <laughs> <laughs> whoop, whoop. <laughs> Anyways, meanwhile on the island of Sodor, Thomas and his friends. <laughs> what? Thomas the Tank Engine. Okay, I never watched Thomas the Tank Engine. <laughs> I need to torture you in a movie that I didn't have the guts to watch myself. <laughs> oh. oh. Need to figure out when bad movie month is. Oh, that, that'll be coming up at some point. Yes. Anyway. anyway anyways. <sighs> Minus is being a very dark film. It is. So to speak. So to speak. So to speak. For the very young child, when I first watched it, this was nightmare fuel. <laughs> well, I can kind of understand that to some degree. Yeah. Because there's a lot of what I would admit for kids it would be scary imagery. Yeah. I will say that Don Bluth did not change how he drew owls between this movie and Rockadoodle. No. <laughs> because the only difference is less detail on those horrible, horrible legs. Yeah, I'll get into that later. Uh, in fact, for a quick bit, I did not, I will, I kept thinking Nicodemus was the name of the great owl. I'll get to that. <laughs> Anyways, spoiler alert, it's not. I'll get to that. You'll get to that? I'll get to that. Okay. <laughs> all right. Fine then. <laughs> uh, all right. So I've been, I really enjoyed this film. Really enjoyed it. Uh, it's not as dark as I remember it as a child. Mm -hmm. Because there again, when you're a very small child, that movie is scary. <laughs> like really, really scary. And probably you talk to any adult that you know grew up watching this and it's like, mm -hmm. that was a scary film. But they enjoyed it. Yeah. I remember. That's because kids can put up with a lot that we don't give them credit oh, for. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah, what was it? One fan uh, during the commentary, uh, Don Blues was talking about uh, one of her, one of fan talked to him, Bill, like his fa her favorite film was This Was Secret of Him. And, uh, and it's just like, okay, but yeah, it's, it's still an incredibly well done film, mm -hmm. animation wise, character. It's got a little bit of like, okay, what the world just happened? But, Nature took its course. That be true. Anyway. But there's a little day machina in some part or another of this movie. Yeah, we'll get to that. Yeah, we'll get to that later. But yeah. You, I, you mean the thing that wasn't in the book? Exactly. <laughs> anyway. I enjoyed it. I really enjoyed this film. Uh, it brings back very fond, horrifying memories as a child, but brings them very sharply into focus as an adult with the uh, notion this is a brilliant film that everybody should see. What about you? 
This was the first time I had ever watched this film, which already puts me among the heresy group of the 80s kids who watched this thing. <gasps> oh my gosh! <laughs> because, for I, I don't know why, I think it's just a matter of timing. Yeah. Is why I, I didn't watch this one. I don't think it, it may have had something to do with the fact that it was a dark, scary movie. I don't know. That could be it too. But I have a feeling it had more to do with the fact that this movie came out in 82. I was born in 85. Yeah. I was born in 82. And it's a lot easier to get a hold of movies for me to watch when I was a little kid between yeah. the years of 1985 and 1995. I gotcha. So, yeah. That's probably why I didn't watch this one as a kid. Uh, it was a fun... Believe it or not, I actually thought it was a fun movie, despite how dark it is. I can see you doing math. Either way. <laughs> Wait, did I have the year wrong? No, 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 no. You're right. Okay. Um, <laughs> I lost my spot because I was trying to figure out what you were doing. <laughs> I can't do math in my head. <laughs> and I don't expect you to. It's just I was going, what are you trying to figure out? <laughs> anyway. I was counting the owls. <laughs> one. There's one owl in this movie. And he's great. <laughs> Yeah, I agree. <laughs> Whereas in Rockadoodle, which I watched a lot more of. Yeah, I never watched Rockadoodle. There were seven. There were seven owls? Oh, my oh, gosh. Five. <laughs> okay. But it felt like seven. Oh, okay. Uh, and one of them is like the great owl, but a lot stickier. Ooh. A lot eviler. Okay. A lot more aristocratic and not really worried about whether or not it's nighttime. Well, he's worried about it's nighttime. Part nine tenths of the story is making sure it stays nighttime. Oh, uh, okay. But anyway, I'm not even back to where we're back into the review of this, so I'm just leaving a bunch of this stuff on the cutting room floor. Let's get back into the re- into the spoiler free review. <laughs> I enjoyed the movie despite how dark it was. I thought it was very fun. Um, it had a good story. The animation in this is very good. There was a couple parts where I had to actually pause the movie. Because I was trying to figure out, like, the tractor. How did they do the tractor? Oh, yeah. And it took me a couple times to realize, okay, they literally filmed a tractor mm-hmm. and then traced the tractor. That's, yeah, pretty that's much. That's how they did that. Pretty much. But that was still amazing to watch. And you can tell that there's a much bigger story that this is adapting, which is what's in the book. Uh, but, yeah, it was, a, it was a good movie. I... For once in a Don Bluth movie, I wasn't constantly looking to see how much longer the movie was. Because unfortunately, (laughs) this is going to sound horrible, but the other three movies, I kind of kept doing that. Okay. Not because I wasn't enjoying it, it's just because I was going, well, now wait a minute, how long is this movie? They kind of drag. Because the scene is dragging. But this movie, there is no dragging. It is Oh, we have an energy and we keep it up from beginning to end. Yeah. That I appreciate. Anyway, it's a good movie. I do think it's family friendly, but it will scare your kids. Yeah. And if you're fine with your kids being scared, have at it. Yeah. Also, I watched on uh, the Amazon Prime version. Okay. Which had a little bit of uh, film grain, mm-hmm. but it was not as bad as uh Land Before Time. Land Before Time. Yeah, that would be the the Blu-ray that came out in 2007, I believe. Probably. That's the one I have. But yeah. Show. So, let's get into our spoiler-filled review yes. of The Secret of Nim. The following 
is a spoiler-filled review of the movie The Secret of Nim. Listener discretion is advised. The Secret of Nim was directed and adapted by Don Bluth, who also directed Thumbelina, A Troll in Central Park, The Pebble and the Penguin, and this is pretty much the last, the only uh, Don Bluth thing I've not mentioned yet. Bartok the Magnificent. I was under the, the semi-sequel to Anastasia. And he directed it. <laughs> I was under the impression he didn't direct it, but then I heard later on that, oh yeah, he did direct he it. He did direct it. Weird. Uh, it was based on the novel uh, The Rats of Nim by Robert C. O'Brien. Mm-hmm. It was also adapted by uh, John Pomeroy, who was the uh, screenwriter for Winnie the Pooh and Tigger 2, All Dogs Go to Heaven, Rockadoodle, and Troll in Central Park. Gary Goldman, who copy... Sorry. Gary Goldman, who you can just copy what I said for John Pomeroy yeah. onto his, and then add the upcoming, if it ever gets made, Dragon's Lair the movie. I'm hoping that gets done. I want it to get it done. I want it to get done. Uh, Will Finn also was was another person who adapted it. Mm-hmm. He also w- was uh, on the writing staff for Pocahontas, Hunchback of Notre Dame, okay. and Home on the Range. Mm. And then this was an uncredited writing credit okay. that IMDb had. It is Ken Anderson. Sounds familiar. He wrote, I'm assuming the screenplays, or was at least on the writing staff for... Cinderella, The Jungle Book. Wow. Okay. The Aristocrats. Sorry, the Aristocats. Aristocats. And The Rescuers, because I had to get a mouse movie in there somewhere. Of course. The music was written by Jerry Goldsmith. Like you do. Who is most known for his themes for the Star Trek f- franchise, mm-hmm. the Rambo franchise, and he wrote the music. He composed the music for the, sh- the, the movie Mulan. That's right. Which here, here comes <laughs> praise everyone. Which that music had to have been referenced by uh, the composer for Kingdom Hearts two, the movie that the, and the Mulan level appears in. Okay, I knew we'd get there. Because <laughs> and that is the that, closest that I is, got to a Kingdom Hearts reference. In that is a very thin list. reference. It's very thin. I'll grant you. All righty. Uh, Derek Jacoby, uh, the cast goes as, the, as such. Yes. Derek Jacoby plays Nicodemus. In Murder on the Orient Express, he played Masterman. Okay. He was the the main dude's servant. Oh, yeah, yeah, the yeah. Guy who, Johnny Depp's character's yes. servant. Yeah. They, he didn't, that the servant didn't like him. Anyway. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and in Gladiator, he played a character named uh, Grouchus. Grouchus. Probably saying that wrong. Probably. Gracchus. Gracchus. Gracchus, probably. Yeah, it's Gracchus. Uh, he played him. He was in a lot of Gr- stuff, too. Grouchus. That's an interesting name. <laughs> My name is Gracchus. Well, <laughs> anyway, he had a lot more on the list. Yeah. He has been doing stuff for a long time. I gotcha. Uh, Elizabeth Hartman plays Mrs. Brisby. Okay. She has not have. She does not have a lot of acting credits. Mm. And on her, you know how on IMDb it says what they're known for? Yeah. The only other thing besides Secret of Nim 
was when she played a character named Selena Darcy in something called The Patch of Blue. Okay. I hadn't heard of it, and I have Neither. no idea. I think it's a TV movie, but do not quote me on this. Okay. Uh, Arthur Mallet plays uh, Mr. Ages. In the movie Halloween, he plays the graveyard keeper. He is Mr. Dawes Jr. in Mary Poppins. And he played Toodles in Hook. Oh, okay. Toodles was the guy who lost his marbles. Oh, yeah, (laughs) that's right. That's right. Yeah, it took me a bit to remember who Toodles was. Oh, okay. I got you, got you. Because it's been a long time since I've seen Hook. Uh, Dom DeLuise plays Jeremy the Crow. Last week, he played Itchy and All Dogs Go to Heaven. Yes. And in the movie Blazing Saddles, (laughs) he played Buddy Bazaar. Buddy Bazaar. Mm -hmm. And here's a name that if I had not uh, listened to the books on tape for Harry Potter, I would not know how to say. Hermione Dougherty played Teresa. She also played in the movie Mallrats, a character by the name of Renee. Mm Mm-hmm. And played Prue in Charmed. Okay. Will Wheaton plays Martin. Of course. <laughs> Which I did not realize for the first time I watched the film. I did not realize who, that. Who uh, played uh, Gordy Lachance in Stand By Me. Mm-hmm. And Aqualad in Teen Titans and Teen Titans Go. Yes. Are you missing something? I was wondering if you'd ask. <laughs> he also played Wesley Crusher in Star Trek The Next Generation. Nobody liked his character, <laughs> but he did. There's he, his character existing does give us the best line in Star Trek when Picard looks at him and says, "Shut up, Wesley." <laughs> <laughs> like, Thank you. We've been wanting you to say that since the beginning of the show. Anyway, I had to get that out of my system. Yeah. Uh, Jody Hicks played Cynthia. She had a grand total of two other credits. Okay. Both were made for TV movies. And those are, uh, she played Mr. Belkin's daughter in Right of Way and Girl Number Four in A Long Way Home. Oh, okay. And no, I have not seen any of these movies. <laughs> I'm the dark um, too. Ian Fried played Timothy. He was Rocky Jr. in Rocky Three. Okay. That was the biggest name I saw that he had done. In okay. Uh, John Carradine plays the Great Owl. Hmm. In the Ten Commandments, he played Aaron. Oh, okay. And in the movie Stagecoach, he played Hatfield. And in The Grapes of Wrath, he played Jim Casey. Wow. Peter Strauss plays Justin. And uh, the only movie I saw, even though I've not seen this movie, that I thought, okay, this is at least a big a big part in a fairly large franchise. Not yeah. very large, kind of a small franchise i think there's only two movies okay but in this movie triple x state of the union oh okay yeah, yeah he yeah. played president james sanford okay paul shinner played jenner boy that rhymed did uh in scarface he played alejandro sosa hmm in what movie scarface oh okay still haven't seen it i haven't watched it either but hey it's a big new big movie name yeah uh, Tom Hatton played Farmer Fitzgibbons, and the primary thing he's known for is being the host of the Adventures of Popeye and Popeye and Friends television show. Oh, okay. Which and is really- cent- 
Essentially, it was he was the host for the cart. To, uh, oh, okay, that makes the sense. Cartoons, but that's the main thing he was known for. Uh, Lucille Bliss plays Miss Fitzgibbons, and she played Anastasia in Cinderella. Oh, which one of the, the evil the, stepsisters? The original? Yes. Oh, okay. Uh, last wow. but not least, were there were two primary? Uh, there are two songs in this movie that are not sung by characters. Okay. But they were sung. Uh, the first one was was um, lost, okay. the the Flying Dreams lullaby. Yeah. The singer in that was Sally Stevens. And she has pretty much been in any major movie that required a, cho- a choir or a chorus for the past 30, 40 years. Okay. She had a long IMDb credit. Wow. That it was, honestly, I just didn't go through other than doing a quick look. Because like any movie, even movies you wouldn't think of where they need, had a cho- that have a choir in it. Yeah. But a choir was used in the, in the score. It's like, boom, her name is there. Boom, 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 boom. All these big movies so you really want to know more about her go look that one up all right last but not least paul williams play uh, sung the song that was played during the end credits mm-hmm. and yes he is credited as the balladeer of course <laughs> and i'm bringing that up because of my stupidity two weeks ago when i didn't make the connection that the balladeer was the guy singing the ballad on my defense, we watched a movie about animals, namely dinosaurs, and I thought maybe I was focusing on the word deer. <laughs> I was trying to figure out what a bala deer was. An extinct deer? Or a deer who's really good at playing basketball. <laughs> I don't know. You know, a bala deer. Bala deer. <laughs> anyway, Paul Williams was the the, the balladeer for the credit in credit song. Uh, he wrote the music for the Muppet movie, which means he is the original writer of uh, uh, Rainbow Connection. Oh, okay. And in the movie, Smokey and the Bandit, he played Little Enos. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's funny. Yes. So that's who everyone was. All right. So let's get into the nitty gritty of you know technical stuff. Yes, technical All right. stuff. So, the movie was produced by, lost the word. Aurora? Uh, yeah. As in the sleeping, the. Yeah, Sleeping Beauty. Sleeping Beauty. Yep. Which, that, I just got that on, in the mail. Uh-huh. <laughs> I've actually, I've had, it. I've had that for a couple of, couple of days. Well, I just checked the mail today. Oh, uh, okay. All right. I was looking for this. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. All right. So. Uh, production was done by Aurora Productions mm-hmm. and Don Bluth Productions. Mm-hmm. It was distributed originally by MGM Entertainment, and now it's being distributed by 20th Century Fox. It is no longer called 20th Century Fox. Ah. Did you not know this? No, I did not. Disney has officially dropped Fox from the titles. Oh, so that's just For, 20th Century. It's now just 20th Century. Uh, we ha- have not seen what the new logo for 20th Century studios looks like yet oh okay so technically just say it's we'll say it's being distributed by disney because essentially that's what's happening pretty much pretty much pretty much that, yeah mgm united artists are people who are credited i gotcha all right anyway sorry no you're good yeah good update i didn't know that i saw it the other day and i forgot to bring it up because honestly i didn't think of any movie that was animated but anyway it's this still going to be odd to see films in the 21st century Called 20th Century Studios. That is going to be weird. 
It, it didn't matter when it was 20th Century Fox because we all called it Fox. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So it was released on July 16th, 1982. Mm-hmm. Exactly six months before I was born. Or you close were to- just a gleam. No, you were more than a gleam. Yeah. At that point. <laughs> yeah. I was, I was, I was, you know, being developed at the time. Yes. All right. So it had a budget of seven you million. You were going dollars. through alpha testing. <laughs> okay. Yes. I was going through alpha testing. Uh, so it had a budget of seven million, seven million dollars. And interesting enough, uh, during the, uh, commentary, mm-hmm. which Don Bluth and, um, somebody else. Yeah. Uh, Jerry Goldman, Jerry Goldsmith. Oh. Or just, Reminiscing this, about the film. Say, this is an old commentary, then. No, 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 it's 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 a uh, 2017. It's a uh, 2007. I thought Jerry Goldsmith had passed. No, maybe he just retired. Yeah, he anyway. Re- yeah, so this you know because I know he had passed down his uh, when he did a Star Trek First Contact. That was the last Star Trek one he did because he was doing that in with with his son, and his son took over for the other two Goldsmith Star Trek movies but anyway okay so i'm a nerd no yeah of course we are nerds so very interesting note when they were doing the commentary track uh apparently they originally had a budget of 6.5 million dollars mm-hmm. or correction be like they had it like for 7 million and then the uh production company be like slashed it or the distributor cut it and there's so, a surprise yeah and so apparently Don Bluth had completely forgot that they had to put a third more be like all the producers had to put a third mortgage on their house to get seven million dollars. Oh my. To, to make it seven million dollars, period. Or seven point something. Okay. Yeah, these are these are very dedicated men to come to uh to do uh animation. And it wasn't about the money. Never has been about the money with Don Bluth. Um all right. So it's opening its opening weekend was Three hundred and eighty-six thousand mm-hmm. dollars. Now, mind you, that's nineteen eighty-two. Yeah. All right. Its U.S. gross was fourteen point seven million dollars, and it's the same world. Its worldwide gross was okay. So yeah, it definitely made its money back. Okay. Not by much, but it made it. And still, so this movie is a classic. Yes. Anyways, that so, is that's you know my bit. So we'll get into the synopsis then, real quick. All right. Mrs. Brisby is going to visit Mr. Ages because her son is sick and she doesn't know with what. And plus, mind you, you'd be like, she's a mouse. I feel mouse. Yeah, she's a mouse. But still, it's very hard to... For, for when you're. These are very human characters. Yes, they are. Even the characters who are not supposed to be human-esque because they aren't weren't experimented on are human-esque. Yeah. Like the crow. The stupid, stupid crow. Yeah, the crow. Yes. I like Dom DeLuise. Do not get me wrong. His character annoyed (laughs) me in this movie. Anyway, so she's going to visit Mr. Ages because he's the smartest mouse she knows since her husband had passed. Jonathan. Jonathan. And she doesn't really know the story as to why her husband passed. We'll get Mm. to that in a minute. Yeah. Um, But, you know, he's trying to do an experiment. And so he gives her some medicine of some kind, tells her to put it in broth and let the boys sleep for three weeks. But that's a problem. Yeah. Because what they're calling moving day is the next day. Mm-hmm. Well, 
doesn't occur to you at first what on earth moving day is. It's like, oh, you just got to move? You can put that off for a couple of weeks. That's the big Yeah, no there. problem. So, you know, you're moving along. Uh, on her way back, she meets up with a stupid crow. <laughs> and I don't mean that just Jeremy. because the character annoyed me. I mean, this crow is literally stupid. Yeah. He's tangled in string for his love nest that he doesn't know who he's making it for. Yeah, well, there's a very interesting why he's tangled up in, you know, string and all that, because crows love string. Well, yes. He is very crow-like in that way. He's very crowy. You can see that later when he decides he wants the shiny thing. Oh, that's funny. But anyway. <laughs> I love that scene. She helps get him safe, but unfortunately, in all his stupidity, he draws and a his cat loudness, he draws out a dragon. Yeah, yeah a dragon. <laughs> cat na- which is named, which is the cat's name. And apparently this is an old farm cat. But he's been through... You can The thing looks like he's been through Hades. Yeah, this, a little this bit. This cat. But he's come out the other side with things to spare. And they barely escape him. Mm-hmm. But Mrs. Brisby, in the process, ends up dropping her medicine. So she's crying. Yeah. She's like, I can't believe I lost that. I, I gotta go back. I gotta blah, go blah. back and... The crow comes back and says, "Hey, why are you crying?" Oh, it's. He's like, "Oh, I'm not. I know I'm stupid, but I'm not that bad a guy. Am I? I mean, look, we're all safe. Everybody's safe." Says, "No, that's not why I'm crying. I'm crying because I. Oh, by the way, you dropped this. Bring that up a little sooner. Yeah, but hey, that's beside the point. So they separate. She goes back to her home in the middle of a cinder block, and before she got home, uh, her kids who had been. They're all day by her, by themselves. Yeah. Uh, get a visit from Auntie Shrew. Oh, gosh. Who character. I'm guessing who is definitely aptly named because she is definitely a shrew. <laughs> and I don't just mean the, the species of mouse, although she's that too. Yeah. And she's very much this nosy, I'm no shrew. more than anybody else does type character. And while she's over there, she says something that pisses wesley off <laughs> well he's I'm a sorry, smart I know his name is martin <laughs> but he's wesley but i was saying the same time shut up wesley <laughs> and he's talking about how he's not scared of the of uh moving day or the rats or, or dragon dragon he's not even scared of the great owl oh. that just shows you're stupid shut up wesley <laughs> and this for some reason makes auntie shrew mad so she decides she's going to leave without actually delivering her message. Well, she bumps into Mrs. Brisby in the door. And while Miss Brisby tries to calm her down, she's like, oh, just so you know, moving days tomorrow. I don't care if you live or die. That's not what she says, but that's essentially her message. It says, you and your weird family just better be there and be ready to go when the time comes. And so, of course, Miss Brisby is like, okay, fine. And she goes and gives the medicine to her boy. Timmy. Timmy. Timothy. He's called both things. Anyway. Yeah. And the first little sad lullaby song and really the last calm moment of the movie yeah. happens. Mm-hmm. Well, the next morning, she's up and uh, she's she, she's up and uh, moving day is happening. And we learn what moving day actually means. Moving day is the day all the mice run out of the field so they don't die as the tractor plows it. Yes. <laughs> And because she can't move Timothy, she decides, well, what I'm going to do is I'm going to get up in that thing and stop it before it gets there and cut the line. Yeah. 
with her teeth. And somehow Auntie Shrew got involved. Yeah. I don't exactly remember how, but she got involved. And between the two of them, they got the tractor stopped. Well, technically it was Auntie Shrew, Auntie Shrew who got the job done. Cause, well, yes. Because Brisby was all just terrified and he couldn't do anything. Yes. This was her, I'm not good enough to do anything moment so that she can shine later on. Yeah. Literally. Literally. <laughs> so they get the tractor stopped. We never see that tractor move again the entire movie. I was expecting moving day to just be put off a day, but apparently this must be the most proprietary cord in tractor history that this guy can't get a hold of or get it back running again. Or maybe he's just busy. I don't know. It's never explained. He's just like, meh. Well, technically be like for putting that back on wouldn't be that hard. Be like he he found the connection. Yeah, all he, he do is could like, have just, just plugged it back it in back. and put more fuel in it. In, put more fuel in, and Timothy's dead. Yeah, and we wouldn't have a movie. I'm assuming the book explains more of what happened. Yes, but the movie does not. Yes, so uh, Mrs. Uh, Shrew now being semi calm and listening to Mrs. Brisbane says, "Timothy's got pneumonia." Well, you ought to go see the great owl. Well, I can't go see the great owl. He eats mice. Says, will you get brave and go talk to the owl? He's the only one who's going to be able to help you with this. Essentially, it's like, Mrs. Shrew, have you ever gone to talk to the great owl? Does the great owl even exist? Yeah, because half of the time people don't know. People act like he doesn't exist. Even the rats later on say, the great owl exists? No one's seen the great owl. Mr. Ages is kind of shocked. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, so she gets dumb crow guy. (laughs) I've already forgotten Jeremy's name. Jeremy. I love Jeremy, but he's dumb (laughs) as a brick. brick. He. But he's just lovesick. That's all he is. He gets Mrs. He flies Mrs. Brisby to the great owl's nest. Yes. Which apparently they know where the great owl's nest is. They just don't know he exists. Yeah, that's exists or not, which is weird. And so she slowly works her way through the labyrinth of Mister of the Great Owl's Nest, including ro- coming past the bones of what I'm assuming are her ancestors. <laughs> Possibly. No, no, because he would have been in the cat's gut. Never mind. <laughs> Gets to the Great Owl, and instead of eating her because it wasn't night, because apparently owls don't eat things unless it's night. Yeah, and crushing that very type, very... Yeah. scary spider <laughs> exactly says okay uh you are the wife of jonathan brisby which yes. apparently this is a very important character yes it's like then what you must do is go see the rats i don't know any rats go see the rats of nim they uh they are out in the rose bush by the house <laughs> this sounds so stupid when you say it out loud <laughs> They will be able to move your house. No rat can move my house. They have their ways. Move it to the rock on the leeward side of the house. And then in his night, I must go. And he leaves. And so she works her way out and says, okay. And he, uh, dumb crow guy. That's what I'm going to call him now. Dumb crow guy. Uh, he says, hey, what did they say? He's like, well, apparently I've got to go see these rats that are in the rosebush. She says, okay. So she, they go to take care of that the next day. We get a quick scene in which the farmer is talking to his wife in the house, but we are outside the house 
and we see these rats steal a power cable from the attic. Well, they're and, rats. And take it down. It's like, well, I guess this proves they're smarter than they look. Yeah. But they still look like rats. They don't <laughs> look like the human rats we see later, but that's beside the point. Maybe they're all whatever the guard's name was that was obviously not the smartest rat, but was doing his duty. Yeah. Can't remember the guard rat's name, but anyway. Now I have a uh, Wreck-It Ralph joke in my head. <laughs> Never mind. Oreo. Oreo. <laughs> we need to do that movie soon. Yes, we will. Anyway, back to what I was saying. So, they go see the rats. She gets the life scared out of her by the rat who decided that she didn't was not who she said she was. As she's You running, are not welcome here. As she's running for her life... She runs into Mr. Ages, who mm-hmm. is, strangely enough, has a cast on his leg now. Huh. Well, she tells him what the great owl told her. He's like, you talk to the great owl? That's wrong. But he doesn't exist. Who are you talking about? There's no you, great owl. Yeah, you got to talk to the great owl? What's that? Anyway, he says, well, if you got, if he told you to go talk to uh, Nicodemus, which he did, mm-hmm. well, then we'll just go in and talk to Nicodemus. Well, they walk in. Uh, she's completely surprised by this. She's amazed by the electricity. She remembers her husband talking about electricity. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's like, and every time uh, he introduces them, someone says, this is the wife of Jonathan Brisby. You know, it's an honor, ma'am. We lo- uh, we're, we'll gladly help you in any way we can. Even the villain says, we'll gladly help you any way we can. Of course, he has his own ulterior motive, but yeah, that's beside the point. Yeah, he's just a dirty rat. Dirty, stinking, lying rat. rat. <laughs> who ultimately is not in the movie long enough to be a true villain, but we'll get to that. <laughs> I'm sorry. This is usually my problem. It's like the villain is there and he didn't need to be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but anyway, anyway, so they get down there. They meet Jenner, our villain. Yeah. He says, sure, we'll help you out. He's as, as he leans to the guys, I've got plans. Play along. So, Mr. Age is obviously suspicious. Well, we'll go to the library and let you go talk to Mr. Nick to Nicodemus. Mm-hmm. So that's who you said you had to talk to anyway. So he takes her to Nicodemus. Nicodemus is an old rat who is looks blind to me. Mm-hmm. And, he kind of uh, looks like a certain character. I'll get to that later. Okay, we'll get to that. <laughs> We've said that a lot tonight. Yes. So they get to Nicodemus. Nicodemus gives her the plot of the rest of the movie. <laughs> Pretty much. In essence. <laughs> says, okay, here's the deal. Your husband, he was one of us, but he was a mice. A mice. Mouse. He was a mouse. <laughs> he was one of the two lab mouse. He's not a Mises? <laughs> well, there were Mises. The other mice. <laughs> mouse. Mouse. Mises. Mooses. Something. The other mouse was Mr. Ages. Surprise! <laughs> he seems smarter than everybody else in the room, except for Mrs. Brisby, who also seems smart, but anyway. Well, Jonathan taught her to read. Yeah, but she still seems smarter than she should be. But then so does Mrs. Shrew, so I don't know. So her kids are half super mouse? That's kind of what I got. That explains Wesley so friggin' much. (laughs) Anyway, he tells her, here's here's who Jonathan was. Uh, He was a good friend. I'm sorry to have seen him die. He was helping us at the time. He was trying to put stupid old dragon to sleep. So says, okay, so along with uh, telling you that, here's what we're going to do. We're going to move your house, uh, but you've got to do something for us. Uh, but uh, She volunteers to she do it. She volunteers this. to do it. Sorry. She says, we'll move your house. Uh, we do have this thing that has to be done. Uh, we got ha- Somebody has to go 
and put this medicine in Dragon's food so he won't mess with us all night so he'll sleep. Usually we get a small we get we got uh, Jonathan to do it, but obvious reasons he can't. And Mr. A just tried. Apparently didn't fail well. That's why he's got a a cast on his leg. Uh-huh. And he just leaves it at that. It's like, I'm not going to tell you anymore. You get to make the final leap. <laughs> and so it's like, Or in this case, scurry. Yeah, so she volunteers to do it and but before that, he gave her something that apparently Jonathan wanted her to have. This deus ex machina uh, amulet. Amulet. It's like, what is this? This wasn't in the national, whatever the acronym stood for, for NIM. Mental Health. Na- national Institute for Mental Health. health. That's what yes. the name of it was. This wasn't in the National Institute for Mental Health. They don't have magic. Because <laughs> that's what this is. But apparently Jonathan had it and wanted her to have it and for some reason didn't give it to her, left it with the rats. That doesn't make sense at all. No, anyways. That's also something that was added to the movie that wasn't in the book, apparently. Yeah. So, she gets that. She volunteers because she's already being filled with the idea that she has great courage. Yeah. Courage of the heart. That's what they called it. So, she volunteers to do this. Uh, Her friend and the captain of the guard, whose name I've forgotten... It's a J name. Yeah. I don't remember what it is because every character's name in this Yeah, there's a lot of J names in this movie. But it's a J name. He says, okay, uh, here's what you got to do. When uh, when I say go, scurry over there, drop the medicine in the cat's food, and scurry back. Oh, you might want not, might not want to take your cape because that could get snagged on something. Well, that at least explains why she looks like a normal mouse to everybody else. Yeah. And, and the ambulance. Don't take the ambulance. Yeah, don't, well, he, she was smart enough to not if the if her cape was gonna get snagged on. Surely the amulet would get snagged that, on something too. That brings up a really good point. The fact to be like when uh, Nicodemus is holding this amulet with this yes. red jewel in it, be like it's it's huge in his hand. Be like it's, I will get to that. Okay, <laughs> okay. Anyway, <laughs> she goes over, sticks the stuff in Dragon's food is running back, and just before she can get back underneath the cabinet so she can get back down the hole, she gets caught oh, no. by the farmer's son. son. Who's like, hey, mommy, look, I caught a rat. Put it outside. Can I keep it? Okay, sure, fine. <laughs> okay. So they put put Mrs. Brisby in a bird cage. cage. The stupidest looking bird cage I ever did. See. Well, it's it's very well done. It's very well done. It's a very bird well cage. One. Don't get me wrong, but I'm still going. Why is the water done this way? What's mm. the point of there being what has to be a centimeter yeah. of lip that the water goes at that she can get? She can kind of stick her head through, or at least get enough of an idea that she can push herself out later. This is not a very well designed cage. A bird could have figured this out to get out of this cage. And birds are dumb as bricks. <laughs> yes. This was not thought out very well. Yeah, and plus all I, I'm saying. And plus I keep thinking it's okay, they had a bird cage, so what happened to the bird? Did Dragon eat it? Dragon ate it, that's <laughs> obvious. Yeah. He got hungry one night. Oh yes. <laughs> that's very that's very certain of that. Yeah. So she escapes. At the last minute before any of this happens, though, she hears the farmer uh, on the phone with Nim Mm -hmm. saying, oh, Nim's going to be out tomorrow. Uh, You better be out of the rosebush by then. Yeah. So she's like, oh, I got to go tell Captain of the Guard J-Name guy, whose name I can't remember. (laughs) I feel so sorry for this guy. He was a very important character. Yes. I don't remember his name. I feel so stupid. (laughs) Because in my mind, it's Jeremy. That's the bird. (laughs) 
That's not him. <laughs> it's not Jonathan. That's her husband. Justin. We'll call him Justin. Uh, yeah, That's a J name. It's Justin. Taken. It's Justin. It is Justin. It's Good. Justin. I guess uh, you're not just saying that because I No, said it's Justin. Justin. Okay, well, it is Justin. It's Justin then. So it's like, okay, got to go tell Justin. So she gets, she starts running towards there. We jump over to where her fa- to her kids living in their cinder block with Mrs. Shrew. Mrs. Shrew is being incredibly racist to rats, saying, <laughs> no rat's going to move this thing. I don't care if it's going to help you. No rat's going to move this on my watch. All of a sudden, boom, the thing lifts <laughs> things, into the air. Things move, and the rats and are the moving rats it. And are pushing it and going, okay. With the, pulleys I, and levers. I know that the rats were experimented on and are more human now than mad. They get, they, they get, and they they learn to read and write and right un- and so they understand stuff so i can understand why they do this and i understand why the cat's not bothering them yeah <laughs> what if the farmer happens to get up in the middle of the night and look out and sees this pulley system that rats are pushing moving a cinder block towards his house because that's what's happening pretty much <laughs> it's like Okay, do you remember an old uh, Porky Pig cartoon that had Sylvester in it where they were living in this house and the mice were trying to kill them? Vaguely. like That's she- what this reminds me of. Oh, okay. Anyway, Jenner finally puts his plan into action. He's His plan is as soon as the Cinderblock home is above Nicodemus, he's going to cut the line, forcing the Cinderblock to fall and crush Nicodemus. He succeeds. Minus Un- the Cinderblock did not hit Nicodemus. He didn't hit him, but it's close what, enough. The pull he did. He's, he's a flat rat. The ends are still, were still fixed. Yes. Just because his uh, toady grew a spine at the last minute. Yeah. Thank goodness, because otherwise Jenner would still be running around. Spoilers. <laughs> I hadn't gotten to that part of the synopsis yet. Uh, so Nicodemus is dead. Uh, about this time, finally, Mrs. Brisby shows back up at the scene of her crashed house in the mud. Mm-hmm. <laughs> She's worried about her kids. Uh, Justin says they're fine. They're still in the house. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're not fine yet. They're still in the brick. Still in the brick. Uh, you don't know if they, if in the fall, they have been jostled. Sorry, they don't know if in the fall they've been jostled, maybe broken arms or something. Yeah, I'm just saying there's a little bit of stuff here. And she says, okay, that's great and all. Y'all got to get out of here. Y'all got to get to the Valley of Thorn because Nim's going to be here tomorrow morning. And Jenner, Famous. whose entire goal is just to stay there. Yeah. Like, no, nah, they're not coming. We'll be fine there. Now that you know he's done, we'll move to the Valley of Thorn eventually. But yeah. for now, we're going to stay here because here is good. Well, eventually, Jenner does not get his way because Jenner gets stabbed in the back. <laughs> because he pretty much... Says, yeah, I'm the one who killed Nicodemus. And Jess is like, well, screw you. <laughs> and they have this big sword fight. Well, t- well Rats having a sword fight. <laughs> yes, which is very good. It is very good. And Jenner ends up wounding Justin pretty well. And Jenner he is up, a scrape. <laughs> yeah, scrape. And Jenner is up on the top doing his evil villain victory monologue. After he got stabbed. After he got stabbed. No, no, no. That's before. Sorry. That's before he got stabbed. And his... His toady, his ex toady, is laying back there, slowly dying himself. Yeah, whom he stabbed. Whom he stabbed. He pulls the knife. He his toady pulls the knife out and does an X throw 
right into the small of Jenner's back and instantly kills him. And then the toady dies because his purpose has now been fulfilled and we no longer need the character. And plus, he paid for his own crimes. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so Justin says, okay, uh, we'll, we'll, go, we'll do that after we take care of your house. Oh, by the way, isn't that your house sinking into the mud? It's like, oh no, we got to get the kids out. So they get the kids out. They that's, don't get the kids out. That's right. They don't get the kids out. They get the block sinks. They get the, the block sinks, but everything turns out well in the end. And yeah. my mind right now is blanking on how that. Oh yeah, I remember how. Deus ex machina. Deus ex machina. Mrs. Brisby goes super saiyan with the help of the cursed amulet. <laughs> it's the only way I can explain it because she goes gold. All of a sudden, everything starts floating mystically, mm. and everything and the day is saved. Everything's good, and the movie ends with the rats having left. Mm-hmm. Mrs. Brisby and her kids are, and Justin's up and around, but he's not allowed out of the house. He's still in the back of the bottom, bottom of the glass bottle. And it's like, oh, are the rats ever going to come back? Oh, maybe we'll see them one day. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, and then the dumb crow guy shows back up and says, here, here's all the string I promised to get you to help move your house. Oh, we're, oh, your house is moved. It's like, oh, yeah, we don't need this. What am I going to do with all the string? Immediately, female dumb crow chick runs smack into him. And it's like, and off screen, it's like, ooh, I like you. You ought to hang out some more. How you doing? Blah, blah, blah. Kind of lovebird stuff going on. Yeah. And then Teresa and her authorities says, she's going to walk up and see what's happening. And I'm sitting there going, back off, Teresa. (laughs) Exactly. You do not want to see what's going on there. Thankfully, nothing actually bad is happening. They're just both tangled in the string. Yes. Oh, my gosh. And the movie ends with everyone laughing and the birds uh, flying Mm. off. Still tangled in the string mm-hmm. in their legs, flying back and forth, and Paul Williams comes in and sings a nice song, and we move, and the movie ends. Mm. And that is the secret of them. That was a very long explanation. I did not get my quick. Here's what happened. I didn't get off of that, but anyway. Okay. Anyways, what was the first thing you liked about this movie? Okay, so the first thing I loved that it's a Shakespearean fantasy incredibly beautifully animated nightmare fuel film <laughs> i'm gonna say that because i just love that this is a horror movie to you isn't it when i was a kid yes <laughs> and i still think it was a horror fuel a nightmare fuel but it's the animation in this film is absolutely just breathtaking be like there again it's it's the 80s and don bluth has struck on his own to be his own director mm-hmm. and man don bluth have a lot have his hands in this movie everywhere like he directed this directed animation he directed this da, 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 da. but like from your backgrounds your backgrounds are absolutely amazing your character designs are incredible the the animation itself is fluid definitely the fight scene between uh Justin and uh, Jenner. Jenner, thank you, is absolutely incredible. Apparently, they took inspiration from I think it was a Zora movie and like another swashbuckler movie. I can't remember what it was. Errol Flynn. Errol Flynn, thank you. Well, that's the actor's name, but yeah, Errol. Uh, Robin Hood. Robin Hood, thank you. That's what it was. So, like, you have all this incredible animation. Definitely, they've gone back. Could have and, been Princess Bride because this is pre-Princess Bride. Yes, it is. Anyway, but. Such a good movie, such good an- animation wise that just jaw dropping in a lot of ways. And uh, yeah, animation nightmare fuel. What's your number one? My number one is the fact that this movie knows where it's going. 
it gets there and it does it well and it's paced incredibly incredibly well agreed a lot of don bluth movies just because of his style tend to drag yeah i don't know why that is but they do seem to drag a little and that can be kind of annoying especially when there's not music to push it along though that didn't help anastasia in my mind but that's (laughs) neither here nor there this movie knows what it's go where it's going. It knows exactly what uh what where the plot points are. It takes you to those plot points, lets you understand what's going on, it keeps going. It's very tight. It's very much what I like in the movie mm-hmm. in terms of how you handle the story, especially when you've got a story this complex. For a kids' movie, this is an incredibly complex story. What it has is. to happen? Agree. She's got to go to the owl, and she, she, you've got. A tractor coming to kill destroy your house there's an owl you got to go talk mm-hmm. to and then you got to go talk to these rats and there's a lot of exposition they throw in there they uh-huh. to do a little bit ahead of time so yeah. you got to get an idea of what was happening oh yeah even that does not really tell you anything until you get to the actual big exposition scene and the we get right down to it the thing i liked was at some point i thought man we got to the climax of this movie early is there more to it and that's the only reason i bothered to check and see how much time was left in the movie and saw there was only 10 minutes left huh. go oh i've been sitting here an hour and 10 minutes i didn't even recognize that i had yeah and when a movie can do that make you lose track of the time where it's passed faster than you think it has that i i see as a mark of uh of, of well-made movie as long as it's not too fast yeah uh but yeah that's the thing i like is it's a very tight story that once you're in it you are in it until it finishes and it never gives you that it gives you time to stop and think but it doesn't linger on those moments so long that your brain disconnects from the movie oh okay that's how i think of it okay yeah i think you just literally stole my number three i'm so sorry that's all right all right what's your number two my number two, the fact that the movie does not pull away from violence. Yeah. For a, a kid's movie, and if I remember correctly... This is going to be my number two as well. Oh, uh, okay. Gotcha. Uh, Jerry Goldman, like in the commentary, had said that they were trying, they were pushing for a PG-13, and they mm-hmm. were very surprised that the... Uh, whatever the... Be like, it, it got, it'd be like, from the board, it got a PG rating. And he was very shocked by that. Well, this would be before uh, the PG-13 was instituted. So it would yeah. be this or R. Yeah. And this is definitely not as violent as, say, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. That is true. That is true. Which was PG. Yeah. There, the the fact that they, they, they don't pull any punches when it comes to the violence. The fact to be like, you do have, it's like the first thing we learn is like, oh, Jonathan Brisby has passed away. He's died. Yeah. And there's there's all this grave immortality going on mm-hmm. throughout the story and its story beats and the great fight scene between uh Justin and what's his face? Jenner. Jenner, thank you. Jenner the 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 wily rat. <laughs> uh I just call him Wily Rat. I don't know why. But uh, it's just like they I don't know. Uh, no, you said Wily Rat. I thought, does he have seven rat robot masters? He's going to send against Mega Rat? <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, 
yeah, the violence is, I, I, for some reason, I really enjoy that they don't, they, they don't put punches when it comes to the violence. The sword fight is incredible. The, uh, the fact that you see two characters die on screen mm-hmm. and, uh, they don't dumb it. They don't dumb down any of it. Yeah. The fact to be like, Oh, Jonathan died, you know, by eat, but by, by being devoured by dragon or mm-hmm. what have you. And be like, it's, I applaud that. Cause yeah. for a kid's movie, you think they ever do that now? No, 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 they would never do that now. And, uh, it, it was very revolution at the time, I would think. Definitely the 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 era of Disney where you never saw a character die or you know a physical on screen death. Mm-hmm. And well, I mean, you had imp- implied. Yes, you deaths. always had implied, but you never actually but, saw. Even Snow White was an implied death, but it really wasn't. Yeah. But anyway. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's what I. That's one of the things I really enjoyed about it, that it didn't pull punches and it. It showed you when when a character died, you showed them die. Yeah, and uh, yeah, that's what that was my number two. What's your number two? I my number two is that this movie respects its audience. Okay, knowing that its audience is kids. Good point. But it respects that they can put they can deal with these harsh truths yeah. that they put them through. Now, admittedly, not every kid can deal with what this movie shows. Yeah. This is the main thing I'm going to tell people who might be listening to this. You know your kid. Yeah. You know if your kid can handle this. Act accordingly. Do not yes. just throw them in there and say, hey, deal with this. This will turn you into a man. <laughs> Suck it up, buttercup. I'm not saying that's how it would happen. It's just that's what went through my mind. Okay. Uh, but uh, this, is, this, is a, it, this movie does not hold back its punches. It, it hits you in the gut. And it's it's good in that way. I'm not gonna. I I, I was not emotionally moved too much by this movie because, admittedly, I'm not at that point with this movie. I mean, nothing really you know hit me. But it's like you had two characters die on screen, one character who were told died off screen, and what thirty mice that we see. Oh yeah, sweeped off to their deaths in the ventilation shaft. Yeah, that was that was kind of shocking. I was like, like, "Whoa!" That's admittedly implied death because we don't know what happened to yeah. the mice. But at the same time, it's like, no, they're probably dead. Oh yeah, and we went ahead and showed you that and said, "Yeah, we're not being apologetic about it. Mm-hmm. Death happens. Yes, you need to get used to it. Yeah, not is not in a way that you you know, you're actively causing it. There's yeah, but you need to use the fact that it's going to happen because you're going to have to deal with it the rest of your life until mm. you yourself die. And I love how, like you said earlier that the, we, that you realize about halfway through the movie, at least I did. Oh, the kids are half and super mice. Half yeah. Human, half regular mice. They never actually talk about that other than a one reference. Like, well, I, I know how to read my uh, kids know how to read. and They're a lot better at it. Yeah. Than I am. And that kind of that line hits you, and then goes past until you realize, oh, they're better to read because they ha- are genetically the, slightly enhanced because yeah. of their father. Yes. The movie touches on it. It doesn't actually. It's just like here's a here's food for thought, and we're going to move on. And it respects you to not drive that into your. It's like these are super mice. Yeah. They don't go that far. It's like, and literally, they talk about how they were 
the rats were tortured. Yeah. Now, admittedly, there's a little bit of a politicizing, which I always hate politicizing. Yeah. And I'll get to that when we get to dislikes. But it's just the movie respects its audience to say, here's what the film is. We didn't sugarcoat it for you. Yeah. Here's what you're going to have to do. And yes, we did make it, make it easy to have a happy ending. Yeah. So what? Anyway. Yeah. What's well, your third like? My third like, well, in mulling it over, mulling mm-hmm. it over while we were discussing this, I had actually written a fourth. But you kind of you stole your third. Stole my third. So I'm going to pull my third, my fourth into into the third lineup, and that would be Jeremy. Mm-hmm. I know because apparently, no, I hate the crow. Yeah, yeah, I know. I you, don't hate the crow. It's just <laughs> I, I'm annoyed by the crow. Okay, well, for some reason, I really love the dumb, dumb beloved comedy relief turkey, also known as a crow. Yes, I just I, I love the character that he's just he he is a mad he's a he's a lovesick crow who just wants like any single guy wants to find the lady of his life but yeah. he just he's he's that awkward guy that doesn't know what to do and she asks a billion questions kind of like a friend of ours no comment <laughs> he doesn't listen but no comment yeah true but uh just I don't know why. Be like, I just really enjoy Jeremy's character, and Don DeLuise is the character does it very well, and I can't say much. Be like, I really enjoy the character. I mean, the character is there for comic relief. Oh yeah, because this is a dark, very this is a very dark story. Oh yeah, and you need that and comedy you need, relief. You need something to help lighten the mood, and this is one of those instances where I think it's actually done very well. Yeah, it's just the character. I just didn't like the character. I understand. It annoyed me. It's like. A spine, dude. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Um, my third like is uh the anime. I've already said the animation's great in this. Mm-hmm. Um, but the music. This is Jerry Gold. One of Jerry Goldsmith's be- best scores, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. It's weird. To some degree, it's very weird to hear this symphonic a score with an animated movie because it didn't happen that much. Yeah. At best, you had maybe something uh, like a small, uh, small band, yeah, not a full symphony orchestra. This right. definitely sounded like a full symphony orchestra, uh, but it was nice to have that in there and made it made what is essentially mice running around in a field extremely epic. Agree <laughs> in in scope and sounding. It made it feel like. This is an epic adventure, and we're going to make it as epic as possible. The fact that they're mice, yeah. and crows, and rats, notwithstanding. This is still a big, epic adventure, and we're going to act like it. Yeah. that's And I, li- I love that about it. The fact that there was money spent on this movie that didn't have to be spent. Yeah. And I love that it was. Mm. So, yeah. I, I did like uh, you brought up the... Uh, the uh, the music. Mm-hmm. And it turns out that when we're talking to Jerry Goldsmith. Yeah. When Jerry Goldsmith would be like, when someone asked him, be like, Oh, what's your favorite score? And one of his favorites is a secret in him. Makes sense. It's a very good score. Yeah. Makes me kind of be like, where can I find that on iTunes? You can probably find it. There's places. Oh yeah. But yeah. Anyways. Anyway. Yeah. So let's get into our dislikes. Yes. Our dislikes. 
what was your first dislike? Okay. So mine is kind of a combination of one and two. So it's going to be you two. Mm-hmm. The, there are small animation it's so errors. so bad you're using two slots for one. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> because they kind of, they kind of, they meld together because it's the same thing. I didn't realize that when I wrote it. So yeah, I'm getting, using one and two as one. So it's the animation errors. There, there, there are slight animation errors in this film. It's nothing really to gripe about except for Dragon's eyes. Yeah, they kind of keep forgetting which one guard. Yeah, his, his eyes keep flopping from mm-hmm. from scene to scene. It's like what it looks like is the uh, cell kept getting flipped. Yeah, that's what I kept in thinking. Between because they would they would animate one scene. And then they'd go to make the others and, realize, and for whatever reason, turn the thing over like, or maybe they was thinking, well, maybe this is the direction they're running. And then they said, no, it's the other way. And they just flipped thing. It's yeah. that kind of weirdness. Yeah. Sorry. No, no, no. You're going to be like, I had lost in track and other things, but there's little, very small animation errors. There were like, uh, like Miss, uh, Brisby's, her eyebrows just like, cause it would. Because they wouldn't be full, they mm-hmm. wouldn't be full out. Because it would be, you, she'd be like fluttering her eyelids or something like that, and they would the, the animation be off or something like that. It's very tiny little things, but you know, combining those two, it was more dragon's eyes that really bugged me. Yeah, <laughs> it truly, truly bothered me. And uh, it's like, yeah, like any movie, it's got little animation errors here and there, but you know, that's the one thing that kind of really bothered me. What's yours? Mine is the stupid ants. Uh, I am not a fan of Deus Ex Machina. Me neither. Me neither. Because it makes it feel like everything was for naught. It wasn't necessary. All we needed is this one thing to happen. And yet maybe she had to get to the point where she could do the one thing that would allow that thing to happen. But I also am aware that the amulet, I don't believe, is in the book. I don't know how the book ends. Yeah, because the amulet's not in the book. Yeah. So I don't know how they get out of that situation or if even that's in my mind, just the way it wait where this part in the story goes, it almost feels like this is not where the story originally ended. Okay. That's what it feels like. I've not, I, I say I've not read them. I did have this. The original book was in, was part of a literature class I was in, but we only read like the very beginning. I could not get into it. Yeah. And so, of course, I didn't finish it. Oh, uh, okay. So, I don't know how it ends in the book, but this does not feel like how a... This does not feel like the natural end for this movie. This feels like the halfway point of the story. Oh, uh, okay. And that would explain why it's called The Secret of Nim instead of The Rats of Nim. It's like, this is a slightly different story that's mostly based on the original story and the original okay. themes. But it's they still decided, well, we're going to end this by introducing magic... And a magic amulet that's going to allow Mrs. Brisby to go Super Saiyan. Yes. And I'm sorry. <laughs> that's how I, that's the only way I can refer to what happens. Yeah. Because, well, her fur turns gold. Yes. <laughs> she flies up into the air holding this cord and it somehow starts glowing and she's able to do everything the thing needs. And she comes back and she's just a normal person. It's like, I bet you if you opened your eyes like, while this during this transformation, they're green. <laughs> Just like a Super Saiyan. Just right. like Super Sonic and Sonic the Hedgehog. Well, technically, her eyes are open. Well, I don't remember what color they yeah, were. Yeah, they're gold. 
Well, it's because I think they were cheating and just using a gold overlay. But still, yeah, they were still. I mean, admittedly, like you said this movie was made for seven million dollars, and while that's still a lot of money, yeah, it's, you they, still have you're still you still have to cut some corners, right? And it's it's almost a disappointing ending. That yeah, that's all this was, and then she gives this most this super powerful amulets back to the rats. <laughs> But didn't you want you to have it according to yeah. Demus? Is it not something? He, admittedly, maybe you think it's too powerful for you to take care of. Yeah, but I don't know. It's it's infuriating. Yeah, it's frustrating. It's a, agreed. Something that was added to the movie that I'm not entirely sure was necessary, other than they realized they needed a way to end the movie quickly. Yeah, because they only had so much budget for so many scenes. Mm-hmm. But other than that, what's your second dislike? Uh, my second dislike, kind of rolling into my third. Um, All of yours just merged into one. They 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 did they did. Uh, my number three is the exact same one you just you just rolled off the tongue. The the amulet, mm-hmm. the amulet being a data market. Even uh, Don Blue said himself, "Be like, no, no, it's not magic. It's not magic. It's Miss Breesby's courage and her strength in which." Uh, that is complete and utter bull. <laughs> yeah, I don't care how much it's her. It's her inner strength, which allows her to do it. It allows her to float in the air, yeah. turn gold, and cause this physics. physics yes, I know. I know. The rest of this movie, <laughs> not counting the magic bits, is realistic. Yeah. And this there's is blown little, into there. There's only a little bit of change so that the animals can be more anthropomorphic. Yeah. And you throw this in there, and it's like, magic is somehow involved. I kind of like to see what animal life away from this farm looks like to see if they're just dumb animals like we're used to seeing. Yeah. Or if they're all tainted. Uh, there's a lot that the movie does not show because it, it can't. But yeah. It's like it raises too many questions. I'm sorry. I, I love you, Don Bluth. You make a lot of great movies. Mm. I'm gonna have to disagree with you on this one. It was magic. <laughs> yeah, be like, I be like, it might have been activated by the courage of her heart. Yes, but it's magic. Yeah, Jerry Goldman, Jerry Goldsmith even went on to say, be like, very kind of, kind of agreeing with Don, but at the same time, be like, yeah, it's kind of magic. And they, they kind of agreed to disagree that it was magic or not because they really couldn't come to an agreement if it was yeah. or not. But uh, I think it's one of those things where it's not really important what it was. It's yeah. just this is it. And she learned what she needed to learn in order to be a better mother. Yeah. To have this courage to live without her husband there. I think that's nine-tenths of the whole point of her journey. But at the same time, it's like, uh, Mrs. Brisby's going Super Saiyan. Yes. And kind of speaking of that, uh, last night while I was re- reviewing it, be like, I get the text from you, and you don't mind if I read this on. Right All right, so I get this. I've just finished the film, and I get this text from Drew that says, "Quote: Holy crap, Miss Breezy went Super Saiyan," <laughs> and I lost it. <laughs> that was just me, like perfectly summed that up, and uh, yeah, it's. Like just like you said, be like the fact that be like you have all this those, fantasy and be yeah. like the the fact that um, for those Nicodemus can ha- has his powers in some yes. fashion or form. For those who don't know what a Super Saiyan is, I feel Dragon like, Ball Z. I feel like I should explain this in the television show Dragon Ball Z when 
there's a certain race of characters that, uh, of aliens called Saiyans that can transform uh, into these more super-powered fighters. Yeah. That's all I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, they're just gold. Supersonic is based on that. Yes. Um, the Sonic the Hedgehog series, except he requires seven uh, Chaos Emeralds to pull it off. But yeah. anyway. That'd be interesting if they pulled that off in that movie. I highly doubt it, but oh, we'll see. <laughs> I don't know why they wouldn't. Yeah. Either way, like, yeah, that is that is my number... My number three would mm-hmm. be the Deidex Machida Ambulance. Well, my third... I had a third. It flew of like an owl. Jeremy. He's just an annoyance. He's not really... Well, okay. I'm a cat guy. Okay. I love villainous cats because they make... When you have mice involved, of course, the cat is a villain. Oh, yeah. Cinderella. Cinderella. You got Lucifer. Mm-hmm. Lucifer. In uh, American Tale, you've got... Uh, I can't think of the cat's name. Oh. That was pretending to be a rat. Oh, I can't remember it either. Anyway. You got him. Uh, there's so many cat villains. So many, yeah, cats are. You can do cats good, and you can do cats wrong. I'm not saying that that uh, dragon was done wrong. No, he's very much acts like a cat the entire movie. Yeah, he hunts when he needs to hunt. He sleeps when he needs to sleep, and acts just like a cat would. And the only reason he doesn't attack Mrs. Brisby in the birdcage is because he's already drugged. Yeah. He's a very happy kitty. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, my curious is what well, my my question there is. I know they said it was stuff to put uh dragon to sleep. Are we sure it wasn't catnip. <laughs> <laughs> just lull him to a nice nap. Yeah. Anyway, um, I just get annoyed when I mean, really dragon is a force of nature. Yeah. That's the entire point of his character. Yes. It's just another example where the cat is evil. And thankfully, we don't have the dog being the hero like we normally do in these situations. Oh, the great mouse detective. Yeah. Although I like uh, that cat. I yeah. I think of the cat's name now. It's the name in the name of the episode that we, review, that we reviewed for. Anyway. Oh, Felicia. Yeah, Felicia. <laughs> I was like, bye, Felicia. Felicia. <laughs> She's another good villainous cat. But- yes. Those cats have a certain, to use the term, je ne sais quoi. Yeah. That dragon does not have. I'm sorry. He's, there's just something about him that's like, and he's just another cat villain. Yeah, that's all he is. He has no personality. Yeah. Other than he's a cat. Yeah. I know that's a more realistic take and it fits him with the more realistic nature of this movie, but every other animal in this movie has a personality yeah and dragon doesn't yeah he's, he's just, just a cat he's a st- regular everyday cat and i feel that they could have handled that just a little bit better i'm not saying he's gotta talk like everybody else yeah i'm not saying he that would have been interesting that would have been interesting but it also would have been completely wrong <laughs> but i i just want him to i want him to be more Villainesque and not just more cat. Oh, okay, sense. I got gotcha. you. Because when you look at he played a little, played a little more of a part. Look at Lucifer, yeah, which is it's same type of cat villain. Yeah, Lucifer has personality. Yeah, he's fun to watch. You don't want him to win, obviously. Right, he still does very well. You look at Felicia. Yeah, she's snooty because that's funny. Because <laughs> she's a highfalutin cat. cat. Yeah, controlled by a rat. <laughs> 
Well, I didn't say that, but <laughs> <laughs> you can deal with Radigan. I'm not touching it. Anyway, she's such a good villain. It's like, yes, she's a force of nature too. But like I, I said when we did this, she's got she, her personality shines through, especially in her ending. Yeah. She, oh, I agree. Where she, <laughs> Flips her toes no. like I've won, and she jumps no. over the fence into the dog out. <laughs> Dragon gets no such fun. Dragon is the second thing we have in this movie that could be considered a villain. Yeah, past uh, Jenner. Yeah, and neither one of these characters are good villains. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. I um, mean, Jenner's only really in the movie for half an hour. Yeah, admittedly, it's an hour and twenty minutes. And he's only in it for a third of the movie. Yeah. That's disappointing. He's a very mustache twirly villain, which when done correctly, I'm fine with. Here, it's just like, I'm right. Nicodemus is wrong. And I'm going to kill Nicodemus just to get in my way. Yeah. I don't care. Uh, uh, technically, you also have got Nim as a villain. But they're not really villainous either. They no. are just doing their thing. And they're probably completely unaware outside of the political message. Yeah. That what they're doing is harming anybody. They're just trying to find their property, which is these rats that have escaped because they know what they did to these rats and they know they don't want that getting out into the general population of rodent, yeah, that's, of rodent kind. Yeah, but that's the weird thing. Be like, how in the world would Nim know where the rats went? Unless they track them or something like that. Well, and, and the farmer remember, calls them about the rats. What I do remember from the book, because I didn't read much of it, I was kind of read enough to pass tests. Right. They were tracked. The rats knew they were tracked, but they couldn't get to where the trackers were. Got it. Um, and plus, Nim was literally the next property over. Oh, okay. It's not really that obvious in the movie because it feels like Nim is inside a city. Yeah. And the farm is, of course, out in the country. If I remember correctly in the book, they're like right next to each other. Oh, okay. Because... Uh, I think the book started off with Jonathan going to, in a, with them escaping and Jonathan meeting Mr. Frisbee. It's been a while since I've read this. I don't quite remember. But anyway, I'm probably completely wrong. And there's people who know the book saying, you don't know what you're talking about. And I'll say, I agree with you. <laughs> I didn't really <laughs> It's care. been a while. It's been a while and I wasn't paying attention. I got you. So yeah, it's just, you get three villains that they spread time between and they, none of them are that villainous. That is true. And that annoys me. Yeah. Because I want a good villain. And to me, a good villain is A, a character who doesn't know they're a villain. Right. They they think they're the hero. Or B, they know they're the villain and they're reveling in it. Yeah. And they don't care. Those are the two kind of great villains. Yeah. The two kind of villains I like to see in, in, in any kind of movie. And what we get here is I'm a villain because I'm a villain. Yeah. And I don't really care that for I'm For villain's sake. I'm a villain for villain's sake. You're just waiting for this. You're just waiting for them to go, I'm evil. Yeah, just say the obvious. I'm evil here. Yeah, shut up. Anyway, uh, Uh, that's my dislike. And that's really the last dislike I've got. Okay. When you were talking about uh, uh, Miss Brisby escaping from the birdcage. Yes. And she slides into a dragon. Yes. I expect a dragon to wake up like a dragon would have. but Exactly. Be like, you think he's going to be this incredible scene to where she barely escapes and she runs over and pops in the hole. That's it. Yeah. They totally missed an incredible opportunity for another great action scene. Don't quote me on this. I get the feeling that was originally what they intended to happen. 
and they didn't have the money to do it. Probably. So they cut it and just had her go home because <laughs> they had to get her down that hole and out to the field. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. And uh, this is more just like a side note. Side note, it's not really you know good or bad, but it's something that Jerry Goldsmith himself said. You keep saying Jerry Goldsmith. Are you sure you're not talking about Goldman, who was the writer? Yeah, Goldman. I do apologize. Jerry Goldsmith was the composer yeah. of music. Yeah. I think that's what confused yes. me. Yes. Yes, yes, you are completely right. Sorry. Yeah, Jerry Goldman. That makes a lot more sense. Yes, sorry. Be like you have Goldsmith, Goldman. Meh. Yeah, he, Jerry Goldsmith, I do think, has passed. But Goldman, yes. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, it's Jerry Goldman. Uh, anyway. So... There was this little thing I kept saying over and over again about how the Great Owl and, you know, Nicodemus. Yeah. Apparently, according to Jerry Goldman, mm-hmm. they're the same character. This is according to him on the commentary. Jenner and Nicodemus are the same character? No, 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 no. The Great Owl and Nicodemus are the same character. I can kind of see that. Yeah. I don't like it. <laughs> well, look at the look at the character designs. And the character designs are similar. They both have the ugly warts on them. Yes, which are very creepy. Their their facial age. features are the exact same. But they're a voiced by different people. Yes. B have entirely different reasons for doing what they're doing. Agree. See nothing in the movie hints that they're the same character. This is not like in Aladdin where. The uh, it's hinted at that the uh, merchant in the beginning is actually genie in disguise. Right. There's nothing like that. Yes, I I, I agree with you. That's just what. And maybe uh, it's because the other writer said no, that's not what happened, and they went ahead and hired Carradine to voice the Great Owl. Uh, the other guy voiced Nicodemus, but I thought it was very interesting. It's interesting. It you can tell that at least it may have been intended at one point. Yeah. Granted. But yeah, I just don't like that. Yeah, in this instance. Anyway. All right, good. Deal. I thought it was a cool idea. Yeah. But anyways, I think it comes to the end of our. Yes, and this uh, we we do need to go over our uh, our yeah. ratings for this because mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> I want to be consistent. Right. Uh, I am giving this uh, an eight out of ten. Okay. It's. Well done movie. There are some issues, of course, but this is still a classic. Oh, it's yeah. Very well done. I'm going to say right here, this is probably one of my favorite works that Don Bluth has done. Yeah. Completely. So, yeah. All right. I really don't have much else to say for it because it's really that good. Yeah. Well, for me, uh, you know, I do have nostalgia behind it. And. Originally, I was going to give it another score, but, you know, after this conversation and be like, like a lot of your points, but it did change my mind. And so I'm going to give it an 8.5. Be like, it's a fantastic film. And there again, it's probably one of uh, Don Blue's best films. And uh, the only thing that really drugged this down was the Deus Ex Machina. Yes. It was about the only thing that really kind of just, you know, left it from... Uh, grabbing that eight, that uh, that nine score. I agree. And uh, yeah, story is great. Amazing animation. Just all around amazing story. Yes, it does have flaws. Every movie does. Every movie does. And it does have issues. But it's still just a fantastic film that people should go watch. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I'll give it 8.5. All righty. 
Well, that brings us to the end of another episode of the Cellcast, and this brings us to the end of Don Bluth Month. Yes. And you would think that this means that I'd have to break out the dice, and we'd roll to see what movie we were doing next. You would think so. However, next Saturday, we'll be one years old. Yeah. And to celebrate our, our podcast's first birthday... We decided we wanted to do one movie in particular that yes. we both absolutely love and can gush <laughs> over. So keep an eye out for Who Framed Roger, Roger Rabbit. And then uh, the week after that, we are going to talk about the upcoming animated movies of 2020. So keep an eye out for that as well. Yes. And so the third Saturday in February will be the actual first. Going back to the Isis. So yeah. So, uh, on the next episode, I will remind everybody where we left off in the rolling. Yeah. So we know what we're heading towards. Mm-hmm. Let's bump that. Anyway. So, uh, where can they find you, Jacob? You can find me on Facebook at Jacob B. Heron. And also on Facebook, uh, Jacob, Jacob's Daily Air Corner, where I try to draw every day. And I think I'm getting better at that. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Jacob B. Heron. You can also find me on Letterbox at Jacob Heron, one word. And I try to review every movie I watch, and I'm really enjoying Letterbox. And uh, ever since we do have two podcasts that are related to movies, why not have one? Exactly. <laughs> and, uh, and you're welcome for me to introducing you to. Yeah, it. thank you. That was that was very cool. Uh, so yeah, other than that, be like I might have a project coming up. Uh, maybe a web series, maybe a web series coming up. Uh, I do, do, do. Yeah, maybe. Uh, this is a project I've been working on for several years, and I just been wanting to do something new for you know the tw- you know the the for twenty twenty for twenty twenty the new, a new decade. Okay, and uh, so yeah, keep keep your ears or you know keep your mouse ears open for that coming up. Alrighty, where, where can they find you, Drew? You can find me also on Facebook under Drew Dungeon. Also, check out uh, my my Facebook page, Drew's Photo Bin, to see uh, pictures I've taken. I will do my best to update it. I make no promises. <laughs> All right. Uh, you can also find me on Letterboxd at GGeorge759 and on Twitter at GGeorge759. Both of those, if you see a Gorn walking through rose bushes, you found the right place. Yeah. Also, uh, you can follow me. That's it. That was my last one. Yes. Okay, so my main brain was thinking something. Anyway, you can follow both of us. Yes. On our website at thecellcast.podbean.com. There you will find links to listen to us. So you find the links to all our episodes. Yes. Plus links to listen to those episodes on and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and Google Play. Yeah. You will also find a link to our Facebook group, which is entitled the Double Feature Podcast Community. Yes. Is titled this because we partner with another podcast that we're both on called movie of the week podcast yes which we review with your brother uh jim and we talk about uh live action movies yes as opposed to animated ones yes so if you want to hear more of what our thoughts are on quote unquote adult movies (laughs) (laughs) uh go ahead and listen to us over there uh, also on our website, you will find uh, our email address, which is thecellcastpodcast at gmail.com. Yes. Uh, please uh, email us and keep the discussion going. Uh, rate, review, 
and uh, subscribe to us on any platform you find us on so yes. that we can uh, trick the algorithm into promoting us to other people who aren't nice enough to have friends who will uh, force them to listen to the podcast. But for your friends, force them to listen to this podcast <laughs> so our community can grow yes. farther and we can keep the discussion going over at the podcast group. Uh, you can also find our Facebook page at uh, Cellcast Podcast. Follow us. Uh, please go and like us over there. Mm-hmm. And uh, I try, I admit, I forgot until early this morning, uh, I tried to post the movie that we are reviewing next yes. as soon as the previous movie's recording is done so that you can comment on uh, the show. Yeah. So please find the next one and please comment on it. I will try to get that up tomorrow morning. Yes. And as we, of this recording tomorrow morning. And we may or may not have a... Uh, a listener request for listeners to chime in about yes. what their favorite animated movies, the movie, the our favorite episodes, your favorite yes. episodes. So, if you have a favorite episode of ours of this last year, please uh, let us know. We please. will talk about it next week. Exactly, and we'll need to know by Tuesday. Yeah, so like three days after you probably hear this. Yeah, which is why I'm going to post a lot of this stuff ahead of time. Yes. <laughs> so. Um, Oh, every time you heard us say the Cellcast, uh, that is with a single L, which also includes our Twitter account, which is at cast underscore cell. So, I think I hit everything. I think so. Okay. So, in that case, this has been Drew. This is Jacob. And we will catch you next week for our birthday. (laughs) See you in the next frame! time on That's funny. Oh, it's a pat.
panic. You won't think it's funny when I stick that pen up your nose. Now, calm down, son, will you? Look, the stain's gone. It's disappearing ink. No hard feelings, I hope. Look, I'm... I know who you are. Marvin Acme, the guy that owns Toontown, the gag king. If it's Acme, it's a gasser. Put it there, pal. <laughs> the hand was a... Still our biggest seller! <laughs> Scotch on the rocks. And I mean ice! Plus 